welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. I'm so excited to be back. Last week I was in Europe, so our timing was not the right timing, but this week I'm home again. So that's so fun. And let me watch for um, our cute guest who is coming today. Has been here before, but not with me. So um, it's Emily Snyder, who you will remember from earlier, but it's while I was in Israel is when she now here she's gonna come back which will be so fun and okay if you have questions hi good morning hi Em how are you doing good how are you doing so good okay anyone who has questions about the app let me tell this Emily while I'm thinking of it and then yes. we will dive in the easiest thing to do is my cute daughter Meg is so good at the app so if she can't help you figure it out by email she will um, call you and walk you through it and to find her you get to her at emily at emilybellfreeman.com i was like is that right i haven't even said that for so long for so long emily at emilybellfreeman.com and she's gonna help you with any app questions that you have in the whole world i know look how cute your hair is today <laughs> Well, it's because my hairdresser decided I have so much gray that she's like, let's just take you blonde, sweetheart. <laughs> so oh, here so we are. And the length is so cute. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it's so cute. You're so nice. Are you so exhausted after traveling? Yeah, I'm so excited to be home right now. I bet. Um, I was so excited to get in my own bed, bed and just be in my own house. And now I really get to stay home for a long time till Halloween. So that's so, so nice. And yeah. not do anything this weekend at all. You're not going to be crazy busy <laughs> this weekend. We have the Jubilee this weekend. I'm so excited. Everybody pray for good weather. weather. And good is, it's showing right now thunderstorms, which I'm actually not too sad about because it means it will be a little cooler but they just need to be nice thunderstorms um, right right just yeah, cozy they, yeah. they need to rain at the right time and stop right. raining when they can't be raining and no wind that's what we're praying for so we can do that we can do that we're in a drought everyone so that 1,000 people are praying for rain so we just are going to pray for rain okay. at the right time right just a little pause we just want a little a little pause moment yeah that's what we're gonna pray for so if you guys are coming i can't wait to say hi to all of you it's gonna be so fun and ann voskamp is here already and lisa joe baker already that's here good. and they're gonna be just amazing so oh. 
We can't, I can't wait. wait. Can't wait to learn from him. Yeah. I just love when we finally get to be together. You know, any excuse we can find to be together makes me so happy. Um, so we're going to be um, in the talk, lift up your heart and rejoice is where we're going to be. I was a little bit late coming on, you guys, because my brother lives across the street, and he was having a little flood in his house. And so I ran over there for a second and then <laughs> came back. So I don't even have my scriptures open yet or anything, which usually I do when we're starting. But usually you're lift, set. Up, lift up your heart and rejoice. And the other one I want to jump into, Emily, so you're going to tell me where is is the crumb, the woman with the crumbs. What? Oh, which one yeah. did I pick? It marked. Mark chapter seven, verse okay, uh, 24 through 30. Yep. 30. Okay. We're going to go there. And then we might go into the doctrine and covenants if we have time at the very end. Perfect. Um, and um, for Emily, for me, you're coming in and out a little bit, but everyone oh. else, how's, um, is everyone else doing fine hearing Emily? Um, nice. I got I my phone fixed, so I'm hoping... It is not coming from my end because I really did go in and get, because we had so much trouble two weeks ago when I was on, my phone just would not work. So weird. Into the shop and oh, I had it. Okay, well, is it better if I hold it? Do you think? Well, it's better now. So well, let's just see if it is. Okay. I'll hold it. I know. Cause you should have good, good internet. You would think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So, um, when I read through this talk on Sunday, I, in my mind, I was like, why did I choose this talk again for the miracle month? Cause it's the miracle month, everybody. Um, this is the month we're seeking and expecting miracles. And all of a sudden we were going to be missionaries, um, it, at the same time. And so as I was reading through uh, in my mind, I was like, what was it clear back then that called me into this talk for this time yeah. and Emily and I texted a little bit about that yesterday um, as she was studying and there were a couple things that I just was like oh these actually from this talk were standouts from me and then um, I really want to go into uh, this woman at the well is no I just gave her a new name the woman with the crumbs is my favorite expect miracles story in all of scripture. Yeah. Your picture and your connection look so good now. So wherever you are right now, don't move from there for the next one hour. Just stay right there. Favorite, right? So I think it sounds fun to kind of get into the talk first. And, um, I just, I also want you to be thinking about how is your seeking and expecting miracles coming along right now um, for the last uh, two weeks? Like, um, as you're thinking in your mind, what is the miracle you're actually praying for mm -hmm. right now? What is that miracle you are seeking? And um, what are you expecting from that miracle. And I, I want you to just be thinking about that as kind of we're going through this. So let's dive into the talk first and maybe um, just go through that for um, a few minutes at the get go. And then uh, we'll dive into the woman. So what do you think? What do you want to tell us you love? 
So many thoughts. Well, right off the bat, I, um, yes, the talk is Lift Up Your Heart and Rejoice by Elder Ida Kytus. The thing, I don't know, when I first thought about this talk, the thing I first remembered was his giggle. I don't know if you remember, but at one point he just laughed and I was like, oh my gosh, I love him just for his giggle in the middle of the talk. But the very first thing he says is he quotes from Doctrine and Covenants, um, section 31, and says, lift up your heart and rejoice for the hour of your mission is come. And I think the concept of this audience being able to talk about that concept mm. is so powerful to me because as women in this season, um, the women on Inklings, most of us are not putting papers in to go serve what we typically consider a mission experience. And it instantly made me think of Clayton Christensen in a book, um, The Power of Everyday Missionary, talks about calling yourself on a mission with the Lord. And that that individual relationship and ask of really digging in to find out what the Lord would have you do uniquely to each of us. And you and I have talked about this, of so many things that you felt inspired of your personal call. And I've had those seasons and, and a lot of beautiful wrestlings of like, what is it that Emily Snyder is called to do that is unique to what Emily Snyder can give the world? Mm. And, and that relationship or that question that invites the relationship with the Lord, I think has been one of the most powerful things of my life to find purpose no matter what else is going on. Um, he talks about in that book, how one individual was asked to bring the bread to sacrament meeting, which many of us at times would just be like, that's just like a made up calling. You don't really. And this individual said, Nope, I'm going to actually, I'm going to take this to the Lord and find out what is my mission in this season and decided to learn to bake bread and then started inviting people to make the bread with, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman, but to make hmm. the bread with them so that they were having a moment and an experience in providing the bread for the sacrament, which changed the entire, the entire purpose of that ordinance, not only for those that were making it, but those that were partaking of it, which I think for so many of us, it's like, oh, did somebody grab bread? Or whose assignment is, I mean, yeah. it just turns into a have to do. And this individual turned it into a, I choose to do. Mm. And, and it changed everything because they invited it to be a mission. And I don't know. I just think that instantly, regardless of what else he said, that instantly took me to, okay, the things he's going to teach in this talk mm. are an invitation for me to think about what is my chosen mission with the Lord. Oh, and that's so good. I loved it. And then he goes instantly into the gathering. Wait, don't go to the gathering yet. Because I okay, want while okay, you're saying talk. that, I want to think about um, in Doctrine and Covenants 88. Just if you have your scriptures, go there for a second. Because one of my favorite things that has to do with exactly what you're talking about is that scripture that starts in 73, where he says, behold, I will hasten my work in mm. its time. And I love, we have to remember who's going to do the hastening. And it's him. He yes. will hasten the work. And then he goes through and says, this is what I'm going to do. And here are the jobs that you're going to do. And I love that, like this hastening that we feel that we keep hearing about from 
President Nelson, we're not in charge of that. He's <laughs> doing the hastening, right? And, and yes. I love that thought. And I love Elaine Dalton once said, he is hastening the spiritual progression of all of us. Mm. And I love that thought about him not just hastening the, the work within the church or um, within the plan, but also hastening the spiritual progression of all of us oh. was so good. And then you get to verse 80 and it says this, he, he's telling you, these are the things if you want to work within this hastening, these are the things I need you to do. He lists them out between 74 and 79. So anyone who wants to sit down in my book, I circled all the eyes right? Mm -hmm. I will do mm -hmm. this. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. And then here's the jobs that are our jobs. And it's so interesting to go through and just think about, okay, what are my jobs? And, and he tells us, I want you to teach. Um, I want you to understand when my grace is attending you. I want you to be instructed more perfectly. And then he tells us, you need to know and I, I want you to just ask your own self, like, how am I doing at this? And all of us, I mean, this is a really great group to ask this to, because here we all are on a Thursday morning together. But he says this, you need to be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, and in law. Mm. You need to understand all of those things. Um, it's expedient, he tells you, if you want to be part of this work um, that is coming along. And then he says this, that you may be prepared. I'm in verse 80 in all things. Okay. In bread making in, right. in all things. Right. When I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. And it does make me want to think to myself, okay, where do I feel called right now? Where do I feel commissioned right now? And sometimes that call comes by email from the headquarters of the church. And sometimes that call comes in a bishop's office or a stake president's office. And sometimes that call comes when you are kneeling beside the side of your bed and, um, He's going to call you with the call whereunto he has called you. And I, I want you to think to yourself, what is my call right now? What is my commission? And um, that may be within the family. That may be within your faith community. It, it may be outside your ward boundary or your stake boundary that you feel called. Called. And one well, of the and things, I love that. Oh, go, go, go. Oh, I'll just end with this. One of the things that I think is important is when we step up to that call, miracles come. Don't you think that's true? 100%. And that's, that's when we were texting about this. I was like, this talk is 100% about miracles because it's that mindset that I think is so powerful because I'd even dare say that regardless of the call that comes from a bishop's office, there is a bigger, and I don't want to say bigger, that's probably the wrong mm. word, but there is a continual call that when I have that dialogue and that ask with the Lord and those wrestle moments of like, what is it that only I can bring? 
that all of a sudden transpires regardless of what other pieces I've been asked and, and little corners I've been asked to oversee. Yeah. And then I then bring that call into those little corners of like, then it is this whole encompassing experience for my life and gives so much purpose regardless, regardless of those calls. Sorry, I brought my tissues. Regardless of the, <laughs> I had a search in this room. I was like, there has to be tissues in this office. Um, regardless of life situations, regardless of what comes and goes and the brokenness that can come or the change of callings from a bishop's office, like that doesn't change. And there can be a confidence of, I can walk tall and powerfully in the thing that the Lord and I have wrestled out together. Mm. Come what me. Oh, good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and I love, um, I love that thought of, um, of allowing him to give us those calls mm -hmm. that we enter into mm -hmm. and, and like giving everything to it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easier. It's actually harder. Probably harder. Probably. Totally. Because we're no longer the victim to our situations and our circumstances. Like, Oh, yeah. okay. I gotta, I, how do I rise above this moment? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that quote a lot this week from, have you seen Mr. Magorium's wonder emporium? No, but I've heard so many people that love it. Okay, I'm giving that assignment to everybody on Inklings this week. It goes, you read, first of all, read uh, Doctrine and Covenants 88 from 72 through 84 or whatever. And then you've got to watch Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. Um, if you have kids, they'll love it. So you like this weekend, it's going to be your uh, family movie. And there is a line in there where he says to her, your life is an occasion. Mm. Rise to it. Mm. Don't you love that? Oh, my heck. I'm just going to write that down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just love that. Like, that's what God intends for us. Um, yes. Is that rising up to whatever part of life we're in. It's that Esther courage. Um, that I love the thought about that is like, what, what is your life requiring of you right now? Rise to it. Yes. Yes. Uh, and to see how he sees us, because as your invitation of, of what miracles are you looking for? Honestly, a constant miracle that I look for is eyes to see beyond what my own eyes mm. are capable of. And that goes for eyes to see who I am in the Lord's vision and who others are and to mm -hmm. see the pieces that are not readily exposed to have those eyes to see just a bigger and broader of yeah. their, where they're coming from, why they're doing what they're doing so that, but then how I can step into that better yes. in my own vision of who yeah. he sees me to be. That's I so good. It. Someone who's better at movies than me like, remember the olden days when I raised children, you just went to Blockbuster Video and rented that video. Um, I don't even have any idea where you would find that video. <laughs> but look, it's right there in the thing. Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. Um, I, I don't know. Like, you guys, would it be on? Um, I, don't, I can't even think of movie channels. Uh, what's the thing that I sign into to watch movies? Emily Snyder. Uh, you, you watch it on Netflix or yeah, Amazon Netflix. Prime. Maybe it's on Netflix. Maybe it's on Amazon. You guys are just going to have to type it in and 
see Amazon. Uh, you'll just okay. You can it. watch it on so YouTube happy. or Hulu or Apple TV or Amazon Prime. It's on all of those currently. Okay, everybody, that's where it is. So that was a fun aside. Everyone, that was a fun aside. So fun. This was not an ad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and. Um, okay. What else did you love in the talk? Okay. So many things. Um, in that, so then he instantly starts talking in the talk about the gathering, which is, you know, one of the favorite topics right now in gathering. And, um, our dear friend, Katie Wilson Hughes, I think is the master of wrapping her arms and mm. creating opportunities to gather. That's so and true. that mindset of just, um, I think the power for me in that word is that there is, if I'm truly gathering people, I'm embracing, and that's not a better than or less than. It's not a, I have something more than you do, but a gathering tells me we're all equal in this conversation and we're all equal in this space. Mm -hmm. And there's something about my arms being wrapped around and the hen gathereth her chicks and that concept of enveloping people and in this concept of if we're gathering Israel, then we're gathering all of our brothers and sisters, regardless of our lifestyles, regardless of our belief systems, regardless of our pasts, regardless of our futures, but being able to have those eyes to see and putting our arms so wide and saying, you belong here. Mm. There, You not only belong, but you fit here. Like all those things like... Of course there is space and of course we have enough and we will scooch over to make room and we're going to sit on top of each other if we have to. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go to weddings or different situations that it's so crowded that you're like, you know, sharing chairs yeah. and it's like, yes. okay, we're in it. We're so here together. And I love, love, love that concept. And I um, am thinking of the gathering, but then also thinking about this calling self on mission. I've thought about the stripling warriors and the, the fact that they called themselves on a mission in a season to support their father's covenant making of not bringing up their arms of, to war. And they went out and the entire community gathered around them, behind them to supply mm -hmm. what was needed. They championed them. They prayed for them. And they went out and they did battle, like man-to-man -man combat, seeing these men that were willing to kill them as young men. Like, mm -hmm. I just can't even imagine the realities of that, of this young man being attacked by a grown man that is yeah. willing to literally destroy him. And the community behind sending provisions, sending all the prayers, yes. sending 60 more of the young men that were like, okay, we're in this. But I just, I've often imagined what would that look like? Who started that conversation? Mm. Was it um, a sister? Was it a girlfriend that nudged one of the young men to say, step up, you could do this. Or was it a young man that was like, you know what, wait a minute. I, I'm just so curious about that conversation, but yeah. I'm as I think about it today and think about what our youth battle mm. and what so many people battle, I think, I think technology is our greatest strength, but also one of our greatest enemies or battlefields. How often do 
our men and our stripling warriors and our sisters and everybody, how often are we championing that battle or are we shaming mm -hmm. them? And yeah. if we gathered around to encourage and support the battles that people are walking through and willing to have that combat, I think the reality that they all came back bruised and broken and injured, but not one of them died. Like, mm. where are we in that gathering when they come home and wrapping our arms around them or when they're in the middle? And I don't know, that's just been on my heart a lot. And especially in this, like they stood up and they chose the call and yeah. they chose a mission and their community championed around them. That I just, I, I want to be that. I want to be the stripling warrior and I want to be the community mm. behind the stripling warriors. Yeah, that's so good. And I love, you remember that part that happens at the, in Alma um, 57, that they're, they fight at the beginning and no one's harmed. And then for some reason in the 29th year, they send provisions, this community that is um, trying to help these boys, but they also send an addition to the army. Do you remember? There's four yes. boys who show yes. up. Yes. I, I love that in there, it doesn't say, um, they don't get in trouble for being late. No. It doesn't say what held them back from entering into the thing. And we don't know what the delay was of the 60 extra boys. We don't know. Um, but I love what Helaman says when they get there. He says this, and now behold, we were strong. Yes. And I love that thought about, you know, this community of uh, the rising generation that is rising up and accepting that call. But I also love that there's room for 60 more at whatever yes. point they show up and we won't be strong until, until they get the 60 come. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Elder Idakaitis talks about, he, um, he says, you are these, you are these, those that, okay, he says specifically, speaking specifically to the youth, President Nelson said that our Heavenly Father has reserved many of his most noble spirits, perhaps his finest team, for this final phase. These noble spirits, those finest players, those heroes are you. Mm. You have been prepared from before this life and born now to participate in the great work of gathering Israel on both sides of the veil. And I think about that of if these young men and young women that are coming into our world and are being raised in our world right now have been held. They've been fighting for their agency for a long time. I mean, they were the most stalwart of the fight and they come into our world and, and how are we encouraging their agency instead yeah. of some ult ultimatums that maybe we were raised in of like the strict black and white, like they are here at this time because of their dedication to the power of agency and how are we nurturing that as mm -hmm. leaders, as parents, as aunts and, and creating that space where they, they can go, the 60 can go again yeah. and it's fine and there's no consequences and, and that we champion the battles that they've been saved for versus expecting them to be the battles that we fought and yeah. the way we fought. I have a friend that, um, works in seminaries and institutes. And she said, our youth are coming and they are, they are seeing things that we have never, ever experienced, which means 
we need to be ready to teach them in the way in a way that we've never been taught and the way we've never taught before like this is going to require all of us being so in tune and so aware to prepare them because they're fighting things that we've never seen and yeah. we can't expect that the things that the ways we were taught are going to work for yes. this generation yeah that's so good um it's so yeah. scary what, what does that look like for, um, for them. Yeah. You know, now, and I love, I love the thought of that, that, uh, the quote you just read, it's coming out of the conference talk. talk. Yes. Um, and that was my favorite one. It's from, I, it's from President Hinckley's hope of Israel. I mean, yeah. do you love Nelson's. when I get President Hinckley mode? It's from President Nelson's hope of Israel talk. But it's quoted in the talk we're studying today. Um, it's, it's right in this talk. And I just love that. Um, his most noble spirits for this final phase. Yes. Uh, I, I love the thought of, you know, what does that look like? And that thought of agency, we feel that in them. We feel them fighting for agency. Yes. The earth side. So imagine how strong they were heaven's side when we were battling that thing. And, and it's trusting them and figuring out, um, but allowing them to push us is probably going to help us get to the place we need to be for the next totally. phase, whatever that is. And to be in, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean that to be like, you know, let them do what they're going to do, but recognizing they do know and how do we nurture and I, somebody mentioned that and they're like this nurturing concept of how do we walk alongside them mm -hmm. yeah. and and help them recognize that they have what they need yeah and that we can give guidance and we can give hey pay attention that this is going to come i i mean elder idikaitis talks about the the mission experience the current like youth experience as serving a missionary as a missionary and and that is such a powerful option. And as I've thought about why, why would somebody do that as a 19 or an 18 year old? Mm -hmm. And, and I think about my life experience of, I, I hired in my life a full-time MBA experience as a 38 year old. That is not typical, but I was looking for something that was going to accomplish a lot of things in a condensed amount of time and to practice a lot of things yeah. in a condensed amount of time. And I've, and I've thought that's, that's what a mission experience allows. And can we talk about things in a way of saying, here are some pros and here are some cons. Here are some mm -hmm. tricky things that are going to happen. But as we're guiding and nurturing our youth and not even our youth, but our friends and our family of, decisions that they're making is it a practice environment like i thought of i mean as i was thinking about this i'm like what does a mission what does a mission do and i'm going to just read you some of the things that i think of. that's good it practices i can practice articulating my personal beliefs i can practice seeing god's hand in the lives of his children i can practice leading and organizing for progress i can practice relationship realities I can practice focusing on something bigger than self and I can practice um, in a space with people that have a unified cause. Like those are massive life skills and those yeah. are incredible 
things that aren't just about trying to teach somebody the gospel. That just happens to be the gathering mechanism, but there are so many opportunities that we get to practice. And I wonder if that's mm -hmm. part of the nurturing that we yeah. get to do as we gather our, our kiddos and encourage and nurture, but, and help each other be called on missions to say, this is, it's not just this task, mm. but there is so much more that we get to practice when yeah. we, when we focus on certain things or, or sacrifice maybe what we think we want and be able to articulate, oh no, really, this is what, this is really mm -hmm. what I'm going to get out of this. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. And I think um, there's something about, too, entering into a spiritual experience, like fully entering into a spiritual experience. And that's a two-year or 18-month spiritual experience is going to change you. It just mm -hmm is going to change you. Right, right. And again, I love that everything we're talking about um, ends up being a time of miracles. It just yes. experience. And that's what you're entering into. You think about participating in the gathering. That's what you're entering into that. Like all of these decisions are, are almost us saying, take me into that realm of miracles. And yes experience what that looks like in my life. I was, um, I was thinking about uh, a friend and I were talking about the other day, spiritual momentum again, that the talk from um, elder or president Nelson. And my analogy for that was an e-bike because I, I love an e-bike and I've borrowed my mother's numerous times. And because I'm still doing the work, I'm not exempt from doing the work and I'm still pedaling and I'm still, I'm still navigating. But when I pump up and I do the pedal assist on an e-bike, I can go farther and I can see more and experience more than I could on my own. And yet I'm not having to do extra. And I've thought about it and like, Am I ready? Hmm. And to your point, when we enter into those experiences and to say, okay, I'm here, there's an element of I'm ready to experience the unknown and I'm experienced to go beyond what I'm mentally prepared for. Yeah. I think one of the things I loved in the miracle comment, an aspect of this is I loved his concise way of talking about Elder Idekaitis. Here's were here were some of my things that were barriers of my dentist didn't like that I was going. Um, schooling was going to be really tricky. And I really liked this girl. And he comes back and says, um, he says, remember the challenges that I thought I thought I faced prior to my mission, my dentist, I found another, my university, they made an exception for me. Remember that young woman, she married one of my good friends. And I think that's where he giggled. But I thought that's so beautiful because one of the things worked out in a nice neat bow of schooling worked out. Mm. The other two realities did not work out the way he yeah. had hoped or anticipated or would have, we would tell sometimes in our, in our Leahona beautifully tied stories of like, oh, I did what I was asked to do. And so consequently, everything I hoped for came true. He, he clearly acknowledges 
there were some unexpected miracles and then talks about the relationship with his wife mm. that was not the woman he initially hoped he was going to marry. And I, yeah. for me, that is the miracle. And somebody comments in here how he also says, my mission completely shaped my life. I learned it is the worth, it is worth the effort to trust in God, to trust in his wisdom and his mercy and his promises. After all, he is our father and without any doubt, he wants the best for us. Mm. And I think, okay, well then I'll turn on the e-bike pedal assist to be like, take me, help yeah. me go further and farther than I ever could imagine. Mm. And those unexpected miracles yeah, that's come so pouring. Good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and I love that thought of the e-bike is such a good because you know there is parts we do we balance we pedal we um steer we're the steerer yes we go those directions but uh, i do love that thought that capacity is increased and that we believe in a god who increases capacity for whatever the mission is we've been given and we should expect that we should expect that that would happen. And I love, I love that thought of that. And I love as we think about no matter where we're entering into, if it's, a, it's that mission we've been called to, if it's the gathering, if it's, um, you know, whatever it is, we should anticipate um, both that increase of capacity, but also the miracles to yes. and to be all around us. And, I had this really interesting experience this week. Um, we went to Europe for the Passion Play, which was amazing. And while we were there, we did some touring of the places roundabout. And one of the places we went to was called Wies uh, Kirka. The, um, and I kept calling it Weiss, the Weiss Kirka, because in my mind, I, it was a white church. I saw the picture, it looked white. Um, in German, Weiss means white, but I hadn't realized that letters are not, they're not spelled like that. It's not W-E-I-S-S, -S, it's W-I-E-S-S. -S. And so then I was like, well, what does Weiss mean? And there was this cute woman on our tour who could speak German and she's like, I, I think it means filled or like meadow or something like that. And we were just pulling up to the church when we got there. And sure enough, this gigantic church is in the middle of this meadow. Like there's no houses around it. There's no community around it. There's um, cows with bells. <laughs> they for real life wear bells in the place where so I Are we at. going on an Inklings trip there? Because yes, I want to go to there. this. Yeah, well, I recorded just the cows walking around because I was like, who wants to wake up and this is your life? Cows oh my with bells. And um, so when we were there, my mind thought this. This is how the church works where I live in Utah. So I don't know if it is like this where you live, but I think it probably is. They look at the numbers. They look at how many people are in a certain boundary. And if there's 400 people, they'll make a ward. And if there's seven wards with 400 people, they'll make a stake. And we will build new buildings according to the numbers of 
people were trying to put into a church. And when we got off the bus and started walking up to this church, I was like, well, this church was like, who's supposed to come here? There's no houses. It is the church in the meadow. That is what it is. The reasoning didn't make sense to me. Also, you guys, it's not small. It's big. It's gigantic. It is this gigantic church in the meadow that nobody lives by except for these oh. cows and this one <laughs> farmer. And I was like, who goes to church on Sunday? That's what I was thinking. In my yeah. Mind. So then as you start reading the story about this church, it turns out, um, well, first of all, in that area of the world, it is common to have pilgrimage churches. That's what they call them. And their churches people go up to. Mm. And generally at a pilgrimage church, you will, they'll put the 14 stations of the cross and you will pray 14 times on this long walk that it takes yes. to get into the church. Like yeah. the parking lot, it's not like my parking lot at my church. It's far away from the church. And so you have all this considering time while you're walking up to the church. And what happened in this little village is they were going to do this thing with the 14 stations of the cross. And they made this Jesus statue um, as one of the 14 stations. And they had just pulled together pieces of other statues. And so he has like mismatched arms and legs and whatever. And at the end of the day, they decided it did not look good enough. And so they put him in a barn and they didn't use him. And this farmer's wife would go out to the barn to do her work every day. And she would pray to this mismatched Jesus, Jesus. Who was in this barn. And um, she had a daughter who was really sick, like not going to live that had so many doctors come. And one day she was praying in the barn and she looked over and the statue was weeping. And she went into her home and her daughter had been healed. And it was such a miraculous thing for the village that they brought the Jesus out of the barn and they put him in this little tiny church, just a little church. And people would come from all over the world to see this Jesus who, who cried. They would come to see it. Well, eventually so many people started coming that they had to build the church in the meadow to house all the people, the people. who were coming to see this weeping Jesus. Jesus. And now, even today, people will travel from all over the world to the church in the meadow to pray for healing and they will bring like when we were there, lots of people were bringing, you could tell people who were not well, who were blind or whatever. And they would stand in this church and they would pray for healing. And what draws them to that church is the story of the miracle. That is what draws them to the church. So while I sat there in the church and thought about that, I was like, do you know this in scripture? You guys know I love end time scripture. It tells us the world is going to get wickeder and wickeder. And at the same time, um, we are also told in those same prophecies, there will be more and more miracles mm -hmm. that happened as we get closer to the second coming. And it made me start thinking to myself, when I talk about my church, 
Do I talk about it like the church in the meadow? Do I say to people, if you come here, there will be miracles. If you come into this community, this is what you can expect. These are the miracles that are happening in my family. This is what is happening in my family's life. These blessings that come through Jesus Christ, right? Healing and grace and love and all of these things. This is what causes me to walk into the doors of the chapel are the miracles of Christ that we experience in my faith community. And I thought to myself, um, it's so interesting because most often what I hear from the voice of our community right now is what needs to change, what needs to be fixed, what isn't right with the culture, what isn't right socially, what, why couldn't we do it this way? Why did that today? You at the voices that you hear, and it made me walk out of the church and think to myself, where are the voices of the miracles? Oh, where are the people talking about the miracles? I love that. And I, and I think to one piece, to one side, I'm grateful for the people that are proactively thinking for improvements and change mm -hmm. because they're using their voice of agency and they are using their own yep. eyes. And how powerful when we use our eyes of agency to choose to see the miracles mm. and choose to see and, in, and look at that mismatched Jesus. I mean, for me, that is so much of the power too. Yes. Like this Jesus was built on mismatched pieces. Yes. I and that's what faith. brought the healing. Like that was this, like, that is powerful to be like, there is no perfect Jesus or imagery or a community that is going to create those miracles of healing. Like we get to choose to see those and yeah. have the eyes to see. And yes, there's things to improve in every community across the, ent the entire world. And we have things to improve upon, but goodness, mm. what powerful people we are when we choose to walk in and see those miracles. Yes. Oh, M, I yeah. love that. Wasn't that amazing? Yes. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole entire trip. I just stood there and I prayed over everyone in my family. And I just looked yes. at that Jesus and I thought this, like it is drawing people from all, all over, over the world. Hundreds. A day. true like melting pot, which then makes me wonder in this mindset of ex unexpected miracles, for sure going to that place with a hope of a specific miracle. Hmm. And yet with those eyes what journey, what relationships were being enhanced by those that came with them for that yes. journey? And yes. the things like, what are, I mean, and just thinking about Doctrine and Covenants and this Mark chapter of like, Thomas March, I don't know all the details, but the first thing he is told before he's called on his mission with that phrase that Elder Idaeus says in verse two of section one, it says, behold, you have had many afflictions because of your family. Nevertheless, I will bless you and your family. Yeah, your little ones. And then he's called. And then later yeah. he talks about, again, like, here's all the stuff. Thrust in your sickle. Be that missionary or do that mission. I mean, however we want to read it, because I'm not going to. Yeah. When we hear mission, I've, yes. I get frustrated. We think of that two year, and yes. I don't love that. But verse five, he says, wherefore your family shall live. So who knows what those, we have no idea what those afflictions were but he was promised something of whatever that living is whether it's physical life 
whether it was spiritual life, whether it was relationships would live, like who knows what those are. And then I love the Mark seven of the crumb. Yes. Who I love. This is one of my favorite parts, especially as you think about expecting miracles. And I just, as we go through it, I want you to be thinking, where do you see yourself? Yes. This story. And I love this in verse 24. It says he, he arose and he went to the borders um, and he entered into a house and he would have no man know it. And then who loves this line? But he could not be hid. <laughs> Just like the Jesus line. in the barn. Jesus in the Jesus barn in the couldn't barn. be hid. Yeah, yes. he could not be hid. And so a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him. And again, I want to think to myself, how are people going to hear of him if we're not talking about him? Then how will they know where he is and where to find him? She heard of him. And so she comes and she falls at his feet. And then in verse 26, 26, it tells us the woman was Greek. And this is important because this woman fell outside of the church family. She fell outside of the cultural and the soci- the social, right, right, right. She falls outside of the community. Yes, she he didn't said, quote belong or fit in. Yes, to that yes, group. She, yeah, she didn't belong or fit in. And she says, "I, um, I need you to cast the devil out of my daughter." And Jesus says to her, and this is where sometimes you read this and you're like, "Well, that doesn't sound like the Jesus I know." And if it ever doesn't sound like the Jesus you know then you need to start looking for a deeper understanding because he says to her, let the children first be filled for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And right off the bat, you're like, well, is he calling this woman a dog and, or, or why, or less right. than, or why is he saying this like this? And, um, and he's making it feel like only the people within the church get to have this, blessing blessing yeah and and what does that look like and i think it is important that what he's trying to gauge right there is the intent of her heart yes in that moment he he's like let, what why did you come what have you heard and why are you coming here well, and i place? and i love in that too that it almost i mean she turns into such a hero for me because she didn't she wasn't quick to be offended to your point. Yes. Like she heard that and she was not quick to say, you're calling me a dog. And now I feel victimized by this, by your yes. answer. And she easily, easily, easily could have turned and said, Never. what is this man? Like I, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yes. But um, she goes into the conversation because of the Jesus that we know he is. Right. Yes. And that, and you realize that he's like, I'm ascertaining where you're coming from. I'm not being rude, but I need to know in order for, um, my heart or my healing, Mm -hmm. it's going to require your heart. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I love that. He's like, I just, I need to see where your heart is. I need to see like, what is it that brought you here? And what do you see? of me in this situation. And I love when she says this. Yes, um, I, I like, I know, I know that you are here for a certain group of people. I know your mission. I know the way things work. 
but the dogs under the table will eat of the children's um, crumbs. And I, I love that she says this, I don't care what you give me. I will take even a crumb from, and that would be enough I, for me. Yes. And, and the fact that her expectation of receiving that miracle for her child has compelled her into a house of a stranger she doesn't know, right? She's not part of the community to meet a man who she's only just heard of, but right. never associated with before. And he asks her hard questions when she gets into that place, but her expectation of the miracle is so strong. She's like, I'm not leaving till I get this miracle. I'm, I won't. Right. I won't leave until I get, until I get it. The miracle. And, and I love that. Okay. Keep going. Well, and I just love that. She's like, I will take whatever you give me. Yes. Yes. Give me the crumb. And, and I think to myself, do we, do we say that when we are seeking and expecting a miracle in our prayer, do we say, I will take whatever you give me? Yes. Knowing that if it's from you, it's miraculous. It's enough. Right. But will I take whatever you give me? And so what were you thinking? So I had two thoughts. One in that, I mean, I think it's curious that she's the certain woman because from my experience, when this word certain comes in scripture, it's a, this is an interesting person to pay attention to. Yes. And somebody that has a spiritual sense that maybe isn't a part of that belonging group or a part of that fit. Like there's yeah. a certain person, there was a certain, they kind of thought a little differently and pay attention. And I think how often do we as, um, as parents, this one, this woman had a daughter that had the devil in her and had an unclean spirit. How many of us take that as our own problem and feel shame for maybe not raising children well? And this woman, that's not the case. She was, she didn't have that shame mm. and she wasn't insecure about it. And she went to go fight and she, she wasn't content with the Lord flat out saying, I mean, if she could have left at, the, at his answer and said, he said no. And how often do we do that of like, well, it didn't happen. So I guess the answer is no. And I've got to be content with that. But she pushed and she respectfully pushed. And, and to your point, expected yeah. even the crumb of like, I'm not, that's not okay. I'm going to have a wrestle here. And somebody made a comment of, didn't he, didn't the Lord know? Wouldn't he know? I don't know. I think that's part of the beautiful part is he like, he nurtures just like we're inviting ourselves to nurture our children of like, yes, he knows our intents, but does he always know exactly our answers? Well, and, and don't you think journey this, together? He probably did know what faith she was capable of. Yes. But did she? Yes. Oh, Em, I love that. Amen. Because yeah. he knows who we are, but this is an opportunity constantly over and over for us to know what he knows of us. Yes. And, and it was, he stretching her in that moment. Yes. Like, I know what you are capable of. Do I you know? know. Are you Do going to step you? up into yeah. it and see yeah. it for yourself? Yeah. The other thing I loved is that um, she was this woman that fought for her daughter, just like the families of the stripling warriors. Mm. And that concept of, I don't know what this expected miracle, I don't know what these miracles are going to be, but I'm going to walk alongside and I'm going to nurture and I'm going to cheerlead and gather my 
my people that yeah. that have made choices or are in situations and I'm going to champion them and love on them. Come with yes. me and fight for that and, crumb. Yeah. And I think it's really important to think this, that we often go into a miracle and with the expectation and we say, it, this, it, this is what has to be true for me to say this was a miracle. Yes. This is what I want the miracle to look like yes. in order for it to be the miracle. And if that is you, um, then it would be interesting to do a study and go back in and see how many times is the miracle that comes not what was anticipated. I mean, yes. like, think about it. Did Moses really think the whole entire Red Sea? Did he, was he like, I think this is the smartest idea. If you could just part the Red Sea, we could walk through on life. You think Moses was like, this is a good idea. Yeah, they thought that big of it. Right. Right. He probably was, could you take away the army? Right. 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 Because he was thinking there could be a change in the sea. Or, um, you know, the, the armies of Dothan, when... Elisha is there with his servant at Dothan and yes. and he's like, you got to do something with this army. Well, did he think chariots of fire were going to come down the mountain? <laughs> this is a good idea. This is what I think you should do. Like usually the miracle that comes is not what our mind would and comprehend. Right. And, and it's often not in the timing we want to conceive either. And there's things that we're praying for that probably hint to what, God yes. Mind, but our mind is not capable of, of seeing his capacity. And yes. I love that it's when that lady says, uh, it, she says, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. But I wrote in my scriptures underneath that, I will take whatever you give me. Yes. I trust you. I will take whatever you give me. And it's so interesting because in 29, he says, for this saying, mm. go your way. Your daughter is healed. Is because you said, I will take, I will take it. Give me. And, that, that and she fought for prepared. it. Yeah. The fact that she, I mean, cause I just am so intrigued of like, she fought for it. Yeah. She said, I want, I want more. I like, yeah. I recognize you have this special piece for those at the table, I will take this. So please yeah. get, and I'm going to ask for it yes. and that will be enough. And I'm okay yeah. with that, but just, yeah. she yeah. went what up and fought for it. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that thought. I love that we learn from her. Like how many of us are daring to say for the miracle we're praying for today, I will take whatever you give me, mm-hmm. you know, that's hard. Yep. Yeah. That's really hard because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but, but really, what if he only gives me a crumb? Is that going to be sufficient? And I love that somehow in her heart, she was like, if you think that is what I need, I'm going to trust mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. what I need. Yep. And I'm that the miracle you think I need. Right? Well, and to that point, and I know we're so over, but that, that, that faith of the, I just need a little bit and Lord. And I think to your point, he knew who she was to say, I'll give you this much. And I know you're capable of more. I know your faith has proven that you can take my ounce that I give you and you will run with it. 
and it will be sufficient because yeah. I know that you're strong enough. You may not know. I love yeah. it. And I love, yeah. I love talking to you. So good. So, so many good things here. And, and just more to add as we're talking about Mir expecting miracles. Cute, our cute friend, Tanya, who um, makes our Inklings jewelry. And you guys are going to die when you see what is coming. Uh, it's taken a long time. That one, that our one little um, time, it's not time piece. What is the sun, the, um, what is it? Why can't I even think what it is? But you all know what it is. Um, is coming, but uh, where what's taking so long is a real life charm necklace and charm bracelet is coming with everything we have ever learned, and you guys are gonna die over it. It's gonna be so cute. But meantime, um, this month, just because she's been so excited about setting this expect miracles, she has sundial. That is the right word. There you sundial. go. There it is. Um, I was not she helpful. Created an expect miracles necklace that is so darling. So uh, we'll put it up um, today so you can see it. Anyone who is in that um, that just seeking and expecting the miracle, it's it's you might just want to wear it around your neck for the next. Oh, little. I love it. So that is coming. But meanwhile, when we um, announce the conference. Um, it's there is going to be what all of you have been asking for forever that charm there's a charm bracelet and there's a charm necklace and the sundial will be on there and you guys are going to die over it i went up and saw it two days ago and it's going to be so good i can't wait for it so oh so that's my, the miracle necklace i think is available now so i'll make sure we link to it so you can find it and then I'll be back next week, everybody. Have a good week. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.